So I just wanted to uh, introduce you again to Catherine Evans-Smith, because uh, not all of us were here this morning, but she is serving with a church called Tapestry in Oakland, California. That's a resonate church plant with the Christian Reformed Church, you know, formerly home missions. And just what I would say about, um, you know, Catherine and the work that they're doing at Tapestry This is really similar to the work that Petra is doing in Tunisia and Jeff is doing in, it's not Qatar, where is it? Oman. Thank you. And that, you know, just a reminder that North America is a mission field. And whether we're talking about our own backyard here in Portland or down in Oakland or, you know, the work I was doing with Resonate in New York City, whatever it is, it's a mission field. And God is sending his church out to, to live out the truth of the gospel, to share our faith, to build relationships. And so she's going to speak to that a, um, a little bit tonight. And then, as we said this morning, there'll be a time for question and answers. So if you have a question uh, that you want to ask Catherine, just save that to, uh, for the end. Um, but I, um, I am really pleased that Jeremy and Catherine could come up uh, this weekend. And let's, uh, let's welcome her. Good bud. Uh, Well, good evening. Thank you for having me here. I'm very glad to be able to uh, share some time with you. It was so encouraging to hear you um, share your prayer requests with each other. It's such a great way uh, to be bound together as a community when you share vulnerably like that. So thank you for for doing that together and, and allowing me to witness that. Um, As Pastor Pete said, I am um, one of the pastors at a church plant in Oakland, California called Tapestry Church. Um, If you weren't here this morning, I'll tell you that uh, Tapestry is about a year and a half old. And uh, we came to be as a church community um, because two different church plants that were each about three years old um, that were very different from each other in all sorts of ways uh, decided um, that as a like testimony and witness of the unity uh, of God's people, we would merge together to become one family. Um, and these, these church plants were very different in, in multiple ways. First of all, one of them was a, um, a CRC, predominantly white, uh, three-year-old church plant called Oakland Communion that met downtown in, in Oakland. The other was um, a predominantly black Baptist uh, church plant called The Way that met in East Oakland, um, so kind of far away from downtown. And um, in response to um, several of the, the more like racially heightened events that have happened in the states of the last several years decided um, to that that the that the world that the country that the church itself needed to um, to see a kind of really uh, solid response to that and so the response was to bring these two churches together as a sort of um, way of saying hey look all of this stuff is happening that's tearing us apart but in God, we're one. Uh, God's people belong together. Actually, we all belong together. But as like God's people, we're the people to be the witness of what the kingdom of heaven is like, right? And in the kingdom of heaven, it's not just one sort of person. There's space for, for, for every, uh, every nation and every tongue. 
um, in the family of God. So Tapestry was born out of that. And uh, this evening, I want to tell you a little bit more about what that ministry looks like. And then from that, I want to tell you a bit about why I and we and Pete and other people that are engaged or have been engaged with church planting find church planting, starting new churches, so exciting. Um, so I'll talk a little bit about that, and then I would love to answer some questions that you might, you might have, okay? So Tapestry Church, like I said, it's, it's a multi-ethnic church. Um, we have a bunch of representation in our congregation. Uh, demographically, we're about uh, 40% white, um, 45% black, and uh, we've got um, some Asian Americans and some Latinx uh, people represented too. We meet uh, at a school called Learning Without Limits in a neighborhood of Oakland called Fruitvale. Um, we have a, a brilliant relationship with the school. It's been a, an absolute gift to be able to uh, meet there, despite the fact that every Sunday we have to arrive and set up, build church from nothing, and then at the end of the service we have to break it back down again. Um, it's great to be meeting in that space. Um, but part of the reason that we're seeking to be this visible sign of unity is n- is not just because like come on we're 2019 like this is this this is really the way we're supposed to be living not just that but because we believe that diversity and representation is actually something of who God is we believe in a triune god that is one but also of different persons with each person having a slightly different um, way of showing up or role, of uh, way of ministering. And so um, when we talk about ministry, church that is multi-ethnic and representative, we, we talk about it because we believe that it's a reflection of who God is. We also believe that when, we, when, when the kingdom of heaven comes in fullness, we told, we're told this in Revelation 7 verse 9, that when the kingdom of heaven comes in fullness, there will be every type of person you could possibly ever have imagined in the kingdom of God, worshiping God before the throne, uh, before his throne, and not just speaking English, and not just speaking American English. But every tongue will be, will be spoken or will, will be sung um, before, before God. And so um, part of what we're doing at Tapestry is trying to reflect something of who God is, but also trying to give people a taste of what the kingdom of heaven is like. And it's really cool. I mean, if you're ever in Oakland, you, you should you should come visit because it's, it's, um, it's a wonderful job to be doing. It's a wonderful calling to have. Um, and I want to just give you, we have these three values at Tapestry that we have, we've, we've kind of developed and started to talk about as we think about how we actually practically do this, this work. And so at Tapestry, we say that we are a people of many cultures woven together into the fabric of Oakland to display the beauty of God's story. That's who we are. And the way that we do that is we celebrate beauty, we create peace, and we overthrow fear. We celebrate beauty, we create peace, and we overthrow fear. And we obviously we know that it's not by our own power that we're doing those things, 
but we're doing it um, by and through God. But that's, that's the way we like to talk about what we're doing. And when it comes to beauty, um, we're, we're celebrating the beauty that we see in each other in the diversity that we have in our community. We are, um, we're celebrating and, and exploring the new ways that we get to see and experience God by having a room full of people who are different. Because when you engage, um, when you engage with life, when you talk about who God is and see how someone else is experiencing God, you get to see a new, kind of a, a new side of who God is. So we, we celebrate the fact that as, as, we, as we're part of this community, we get to discover new, um, new parts of who God is. And that's a beautiful thing to celebrate. Um, and then together we celebrate um, the power of the, the beauty of the power of the gospel in the world, right? The way that the gospel transforms our life is a beautiful thing, and we celebrate that. Um, and then practically our neighborhood, like it's so often easy to walk through neighborhoods and just see the things that are bad or broken or ugly. And we are really being deliberate about noticing the things that are good and that have been made precious and good because you know, that's what God said, right? When he created the world, as he finished each thing, he said, this is good. And as Christians in communities, we have like a calling to say, you know what, you might say this is ugly, but I'm seeing the good. And we get to celebrate that. So that's, that's really cool. It requires, it requires us to have a posture of learning and curiosity because often the thing that maybe you might call ugly, someone else might call beautiful. And you have to be willing to, to like have your viewpoint shifted. Um, so it can be it can be challenging because you know when you think that the way you think is the way everyone should think to hear that that's not the case is like can be hard. <laughs> so we love to celebrate beauty. We also love to create peace. Now, when I say peace, I don't mean like peace and quiet or like passive pass, pacificity. I mean shalom. I heard Pastor Pete uh, get, use that word in the blessing this morning. God's shalom. A taste of what it means to be in a part of the kingdom of God where things are put right. Maybe not right now, but with the hope that things will be put right. So, um, so we, we, like to, we, we are seeking to create spaces and, uh, and be a community that um, works uh, to join in with what God is doing to put things right. In our, in our community, in our city, in, the, in our nation, in our, in our world. Um, and that gives people a, a hope, right? When you know things aren't supposed to be like this. And you, you give people a taste of the hope. That's, that's so thrilling, actually. It's really, it's really thrilling. So we create beauty. We celebrate, uh, we celebrate beauty. We create peace. And we overthrow fear. We're seeking to be a fearless community, which is kind of a big statement. Uh, but we can do that because as Christians, we know that God, um, in his perfect love, gave us Jesus. And Jesus was victorious over death. And death is like the most fearsome thing. But as Christians, we know that we don't have to be afraid of that anymore because of what Jesus did. And so if we don't have to be afraid of death, then what else do we not have to be afraid of? We don't have to be afraid of uncertainty. We don't have to be afraid of the unknown. We don't have to be afraid of difference. We don't have to be afraid of change. 
And so at Tapestry, as we are seeking to overthrow fear, um, we, we know that we can stand in the face of things that normally would scare us. And we say, you know what? Death is defeated. I don't have to be scared of that. And that actually, those three things working together mean that we get to do some really cool things. And I, I wanted to just tell you uh, briefly about some of those cool things that we get to do. Um, one of my favorite things that we do at Tapestry is we have a, we partner with World Impact and we have this home in West Oakland called the Siafu House. The Siafu House is a, trans, a transitional home for men um, coming out of San Quentin, uh, the prison, I think it's a federal prison, um, that's just like, a couple of miles away, and um, these men have been, um, while they've been inside, um, they've been in a program called TUMI, which is like an urban leadership program, um, and they've been trained in that program for two years, and once they've been released, they come and they stay in the Siafu house for two years, and they continue that Christian training, and they get mentored by us at Tapestry, and they're being equipped to go and plant their own churches. So the Siafu House, um, we have that in West Oakland. We currently have one resident, James. Um, we have two more lined up coming in, uh, coming in January. And his testimony is, is powerful. He was inside for, um, I think, at least 23 years and uh, had been really, by, by the age of 18, had really been dismissed as, like, a habitual criminal, even at 18, like, lost cause, nothing, nothing we can do about this person. We just need to lock him up. And upon his release, he is now um, preaching and serving and is getting ready to plant his own church in several years' time. Um, talk about, you know, creating peace and celebrating beauty and overthrowing fear, right? Uh, so that's, that's one of the, my favorite uh, ministries at Tapestry. We also do things that I know that you're doing here. We have a financial peace class running that is helping people overthrow the fear of, of unruly finances and the, the weight of debt. To, uh, to allow them to release them to to live a free uh, life, a generous life. Um, we the kind of bread and butter of what we do. We have these weekly connect groups. This is where really um, we get to go from being kind of diverse, like oh look, there are lots of different people who sit next to each other on a Sunday at our connect groups. That's where we really get to be more than just bodies that sit next to each other. We become woven together. I feel like I've heard that you guys have similar things, right? That's where like the really good stuff about that. That's where the really good stuff happens. You know, where, like you get to really know each other and you can see. Um, the pain, but also the beauty, right? The ways that God um, is working in, in our lives. And we get to do that. And that's, that's where, yeah, that's where really the diversity too goes more than just like different colored people sitting next to each other and more to um, like we get to be woven together as brothers and sisters. Um, and then one last thing, we had this great ministry this month called, uh, this, this summer called Books and Breakfast. Uh, every Saturday, um, on a Saturday morning, we would invite kids from the neighborhood to come into the schools. We would cook them breakfast and we would give them a free book to take home to kind of, um, bridge the gap over the summer holidays where, you know, uh, families might be hungry because they're not being provided uh, meals at school and um, to kind of uh, work against the, um, the kind of the dip in um, learning that can happen over the summer. Um, so we had a bunch of kids come through our doors and um, that, was, that was a really exciting uh, thing that we did. Um, and... So, so that's who we are, and that's, that's the sort of thing that we do, but like, why does that matter? 
Um, Pete, Pastor Pete was talking about missions uh, and missionary work. All the things that I just named are, are the ways that Tapestry Church are being missionaries in our local community. We can often think um, that uh, missions or missionaries really only go overseas, right? Do you, do you ever like, feel that, really? It's, you know, the, if you're a missionary, you're, you're going somewhere else. Um, and those people for sure are missionaries. I mean, I have so much admiration for people that can leave the comfort of their, their, their familiar culture and go somewhere else. Um, that's a huge calling. But if we only understand missions to be overseas, we're actually kind of stealing from ourselves uh, an understanding and, an, and a, um, a means of seeing all the other ways that God is working uh, in in our local communities or in our own countries, um, I uh, when I was when I was about two years old, my dad uh, and my mom moved from this small uh, village outside of London called Tring, where I was born. Um, they were called to be the ministers of a church uh, in the middle of London. Um, at a church uh, in the middle of a council estate. It's kind of like the equivalent of government housing. Um, and they were super excited. I was their only child at the time. They were super excited to get up and go there. And they had a bunch of people at their church say to them, as, you know, pretty straight up, like, we would be a lot more supportive of you and your work if you were going to Lima or somewhere in India like, but, but really, you're only going 50 miles away. So, like, you know, and that can actually sometimes be how we engage with what missions is, right? But, it's, but the mission field, like Pastor Pete was saying, is not just on the other side of the world. Um, do, you know, the, the word mission, do you know, what it, do you know what it means? To be sent. The, the word mission is not, you don't find the word missions in the Bible, but you, it's an idea. It's a biblical idea. It means to be sent. It speaks of movement from one place to another. And the God we serve is a sending God. And we, as God's people, are sent people. You see that all throughout the Bible. One of my favorite, my favorite examples of that is the woman at the well. She encounters Jesus. She has this life-changing encounter with Jesus. And where does she go back to? Her village. Her people. You know, or Moses, who, who is called um, to go and rescue his people and do that by talking to the Pharaoh that is in the same country that his people are enslaved in. And there, I mean, there are all sorts of, all sorts of examples of God sending people to other places, absolutely for sure. But my, but, but, but if we, if we're trying to think about missions, not just being the other side of the world, but also being in our backyards, um, the woman at the well, I find to be like one of the most compelling stories of that. Um, and actually it's not just those little stories. It's like who God is because God sent his son (laughs) from heaven to earth, to do his work, right? God is ascending God, and by being his people, we become sent people. And um, 
the other fascinating thing I find when, when we look at that is that God doesn't send people without transforming them first. People always, there's the thing that is compelling people when they're being sent is the transformation, the transformational experience they've had with Jesus or with God before, before they're sent, right? Um, we have, when we encounter God and the love and the liberation that Jesus brings us, when we taste that for ourselves, we can't keep it to ourselves, right? We can't keep it to ourselves, and God wants us to send, wants to send us out to take that hope to somewhere other than where we have it. And that might mean the other side of the world, but it also might mean like to your workplace or to your kid's school or to your school. What would it, what, how would it change, like what would have to change in your mindset for you to think my work is my mission field? My classroom is my mission field. What, what transformation do you need to ask God to, uh, to bring forth in your life for you to feel compelled to want to go to work? To have work as your mission field. Um, we all have... We're all missionaries. If we've had an encounter with Jesus, we're all missionaries. You don't have to go to the other side of the world. God might call you to the other side of the world. But he calls us all to our families. He calls us all to our neighborhoods. And you guys do it. Like, have you, um, Pastor Pete has told me about the oil changing thing that you do. Uh, I don't know cars very well, but you change people's oils, right? <laughs> Like that, that's a mission. You guys are doing missionary work when you do that. Or the trunk and treat, that's a missionary work. You might not be standing and having like a, a, like a, you know, like a four or five point gospel conversation with someone, but you are sharing the good news of Jesus by being present in your communities. Because people are like, oh wow, God cares about the minute details of my life. That's what you communicate to people when you go do such things like that. It's, it's really cool. We all are missionaries, and we all have a mission. And uh, church planting, just to, to pull back a little bit, church planting is a specific um, way of doing missionary work. Tapestry is a church plant. All churches, actually, at some point were church plants, right, because they all had to be started. <laughs> um, but um, church planting... Is, is a type of missionary work. Um, you, may not, may, you may or may not have heard of this, this concept of church planting. Um, it's, yeah, it's the idea of starting new churches, and it's actually a movement that's sweeping the nation and the globe. And it's not just uh, done by one denomination. It's not just done by one ethnic group. It's done, like, across the board. There is this, there is this very deep belief that church planting is missionary work. Um, Tim Keller, uh, who's the pastor um, at a big church in New York called Redeemer, you may or may not have heard it, um, he talks a lot about why church plants um, are so important. Um, and it, uh, there is a biblical mandate um, for, for church planting. Um, the, actually, it, it's, it's 
it's pretty basic, like in Jesus' great, great commission. Um, he doesn't just uh, talk about um, going to make disciples. He, call, he talks about going to make disciples and baptizing them. And, you know, um, when, when we think about baptism, we, when we talk about baptism, we don't talk about bap- like you baptize and then you're sent off to be on your own. When you're baptized, you're baptized into a family, into a worshiping community. And so when Jesus is saying, go and make disciples of all nations and baptize them in my name, he's saying, you need to, be, you need to have your identity formed in me, and then you need to be part of a community where other people are also part of me. And that's him saying, go and start churches, like when he was talking, because right then there weren't. Go and create communities. Go and plant churches where people can be um, part of my family as baptized children of God. Um, so, so Jesus puts it out there as a, as like a primary thing to do. Go and go and start churches so people can be part of my family. And then the Apostle Paul, his entire ministry was going from from city to city and starting churches because people were meeting Jesus, were encountering Jesus. And, and, and were compelled and desiring to be part of um, communities that also knew him. Um, so there is a, there's a strong uh, biblical mandate for starting churches. Um, there's a, they also play a super a unique role in the ministry of the Big C Church. Um, you know, First Corinthians, Paul talks about the body of Christ, and we often read that when we when we often read that we often think about that in like the context of of a congregation, right? We each have different gifts. We each um, part of one body with with, but we're each a different body part with a different role. Um, I've, I find it helpful to think about church planting and its role um, if we think about the body of Christ as, as the big C church, like each church or each church in a different stage of life has a different role to play in the mission of God, that God has given his body, right? So established churches that have been around for how long has Park Lane been? 60 years? You have, you have a, you have a really important role in the body of Christ. And church plants like tapestry have also uh, an equally important but different role in the in the life of the body of Christ, and uh, we need each other, but we don't necessarily like play the same roles. Uh, and I wanted to before we had some questions and, and answers, I, I wanted to quick just tell you about what what some of those differences are. You know, I, um, I love established churches because you guys have, if you're in a, an established church, has been around in a community for years. You've been in this community for 60 years. You know, you know the history of this community like many people don't. Although the church that my dad is a priest of in the Church of England back in the UK, it's been around for hundreds of years. It's like established, constant presence. And there is a longevity and a respectability and a, and a historical knowledge that you guys have of the community that you're in that is really important. You, you provide a stability. You have resources um, that, are, that are so powerful in the kingdom. Uh, so I want to encourage you as, as an established church who's been around for a long time, um, I, I wanna, you have a lot of uh, power 
uh, in a good way, uh, to resource and to be uh, a wise voice to those of us who are like year and a half old and, you know, need, have some things to learn. <laughs> but the church plant um, also has unique things that it offers. Generally, a church plant is able to be a little more flexible um, and has a little more space for doing things differently that maybe an established church doesn't have the capacity for, which which can mean that um, church plants generally um, have an easier time attracting younger younger adults, newer newer residents into a neighbourhood, uh, um, people from different socioeconomic backgrounds, um, or Im- you know immigrant families. They generally have a better a better or easier time attracting those sorts of people into their church because they are there's a flexibility about the way that we do church. You know, literally, we build the, we build tapestry from the ground up. And break it down, like the the way that we have to think about the systems. We the, it offers us a new opportunity to think. This has been done like this for a while. Is it still working? And and should we do it differently? And like because we're new, we can more easily say, "Oh yeah, we should do it differently," or "We can do it differently." And like, hey, let's like see what happens, you know. And and that that can often feel like that maybe isn't that sort of um, flexibility at a more established church. Um, and then, really, church plants are, are uniquely equipped to reach unchurched people. Because when they start, there's no one in them. <laughs> and so we have, to, um, we have to go find people, which means that we need to be, a church plant has to be very in tune with the needs and the concerns and the, um, the hopes and the, the pains of those who um, are unchurched. Um, and, and I'm not saying that established churches aren't, but, but, there's also, but that you guys also have a, an entire congregation to also think about. Um, so there, there just generally is, uh, church plants have a, a really exciting um, opportunity to, to meet the needs of and, and encounter, engage with those that just aren't used to being at, at church. And I, I wanted to tell you, um, just as I finish, about a few of those people at Tapestry. Um, uh, I want to tell you first about about Manny. Manny is, I think, he's 10 years old. He came to Tapestry first through our Books and Breakfast ministry, and um, he now comes to Tapestry Church on Sunday, every Sunday. He arrives at like 9 a.m. We don't start until 10.30. Every morning on his own, he lives about two blocks away, every morning, every Sunday, without fail, maybe for the last six weeks. Um, and he loves tapestry he loves to he he's always asking like oh what do you need help with and what can I be doing he wants to sit right up the front with me and Pastor Kyle and Pastor Bernard he wants to sit right up the front he often doesn't want to go to tapestry kids because he wants to stay in church and through him coming we get to meet his parents we've got to know we're slowly getting to know his entire family um but he wouldn't have he he's not he's not he doesn't have a church background he met us through Books and Breakfast and was, loved it and keeps coming. Um, I'll tell you about Glenn, who grew up in the Catholic Church, but um, after college, strayed, didn't, wasn't really interested, didn't really have anything um, to do with the church, wasn't interested, and was dragged to tapestry by his girlfriend and has come back every, uh, every Sunday since um, because of the... the, the, the um, 
the relaxed, uh, non-judgmental, like, uh, safe space that Tapestry offers him to ask his questions and to push back, often in, like, really strong ways. Um, and, and we have the, the capability to, to hold that. Or um, Tony and Mia, who um, hadn't been to church for a long time. Their marriage was falling apart. Um, and by coming, they now are faithful members of Tapestry who, who had gone in and out of other churches and really not found a place. Now are, are yeah, faithful members of Tapestry whose marriage is being transformed by being part of the part of the ministry, the, the community that we're building. And I could, tell you, I could tell you all sorts of other stories of the ways that we've had people come through our doors who would never have come through an established church door. And we get to sit with them and show them Jesus. And, and, and see them fall in love with who Jesus is. Um, and it's, it's so exciting to be able to do that sort of work. Um, but really, one of the things that makes it possible is knowing that we have established churches like Park Lane and others that support us, cheering us on, praying for us, uh, available to share the wisdom that, that you guys have, ha- have developed over having been here for so long. Um, and so we really couldn't do you know, we, we, we couldn't be part, we couldn't do our part as the, uh, as the body of Christ without you doing your part. And so um, I, I, would, I would love to hear your questions um, if you have any, um, but I just want to say that we would love to, uh, to, to have your support as we work a minister in Oakland, um, whether that's through prayer or through financial support. Um, so do come and speak to me at the end. I have a way of um, grabbing your email addresses if you'd be more interested in hearing about um, what we're doing as we're doing it. Thank you. Me as usual. <laughs> How many um, people do you have at the church? And I have couple other questions. Um, we have a, a deal here called Beatdown Kids that we do uh, serve people in the neighborhood, uh, usually between the ages of, I think it's 7 and 11, so I, I may not be correct on the ages, but uh, they come um, in the summertime for eight weeks and we serve them lunch and play games and stuff similar to what you were talking about with mm-hmm. the books and breakfast. And also, do you have a large homeless population that you have to deal with? Um, so I will go in order. We have, on the books, we have about 30, uh, 60 people coming uh, to Tapestry. Um, really week to week, that can look like, um, any. you know, sometimes it's 30, sometimes it's 50, sometimes it's 70. So, but on the books are like, re- you know, like registered members, although we don't have a membership system right now. We have about 60 people. Um, as for homeless, yes, there's a huge. I mean, there's a huge um, homeless population in Oakland. It's a. It's a real. Um, it's very present. You can't be in Oakland without seeing it, um, and 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 experiencing um, people who are in homeless situations. Um, we, as a church, have not got a specific ministry that engages with that, but that's 
for two reasons. First of all, we're, we're still young and kind of learning what our, like, what our role is. But also there are very many other organizations in Oakland that are really doing a really good job of, of addressing that and, and like ministering to, to that community. And so we have definitely um, engaged in supporting those organizations in doing their work rather than trying to start some other thing that's, you know, trying to do that. So right now we, we more support what's there than, than have starting, starting our own thing. So being a, a newer church plant, what, or how do you navigate um, through theology since there is uh, a blend of churches in a sense? Uh, theology is, um, you know, very important, truth matters. And so how do you guys incorporate, um, you know, the different theological persuasions and have a unified mm-hmm. um, way of service and then the second part is also being new where do you guys see yourselves in five years um so the the theology we 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 blended a crc church and a baptist church so (laughs) we um we actually we have built ourselves around the apostles creed because we can unify around that so as a foundation that's that's where we step that's where we're at um, we are actually also finding that there is a lot that we agree on, actually. Um, when you really dig into it, I found myself being like, whoa, in seminary, I was taught that you didn't think that. And, and I'm just, I'm realizing that I was taught wrong. And like, will you please share with me, like, tell, like, teach me. So there's also a lot of that. There, there are for sure differences. One of them, I will, you know, we think differently about baptism. You can just, that's a, that's a big one. And really the, the way that, what, the, the conversation that happened before merging was, well, you do it like this and I do, and we do it like this. And we're not going to find a way of agreeing. So if you're going to continue to do it like this, and we're going to continue to do it like this, why don't we like? Why don't we just come to be one together and continue to do it the way that we're doing it, but just do that together? Because really, it's not. At least, I mean, maybe maybe you find this like utterly controversial, but I, I don't think that even that would should cause us to not worship together. And so, you know, we had a couple, last summer, we had um, Pastor Bernard, who is the Baptist minister, he dedicated his grandson. Uh, neither myself or Kyle, both of whom are ordained in the CRC, we didn't participate. We celebrated that, and we honored that, and it was, and it was a beautiful moment. Um, but, but he, but, but Bernard did that and we kind of watched and celebrated. And if there was a baby that was, to, if there was a family that wanted a baby to be baptized at infant, we would do that. Bernard would celebrate that and we would do our best to explain it. And, and there would be this, um, there would be a celebration around that. So it's not, we're a year in, we're a year and a half in. So there, there is still some, um, there, we haven't got it all figured out, but really the thing that we're committed to is, is being together, um, and so there, there are things that we'll probably have to wrestle through as we come. Um, and you said you had another question. Where do you see yourself in five years? Oh, five years. Um, well, I see us having grown. I mean, if we hadn't have grown in five years, that would be, that would be something going wrong. 
although we have not chosen a method of church planting that, has, that yields itself to high growth. We know that. Um, so um, I imagine us... This is a great question. Dream big. I know. I'm, I'm, it's Sunday evening. <laughs> I mean... Um, I, 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 bit, uh, I mean, I, wanna, I want us to be a, a transformational witness to Oakland. Like, really, in a place like Oakland, people won't take you seriously unless you're doing something really solid about the things that cause them to be like, you, you, like, what you believe doesn't really make a difference. You know, and so I think as we grow and engage more in um, multi-ethnic ministry particularly, and we, we stand up as, an, as a, like... Um, picture of what racial reconciliation real racial reconciliation looks like um i hope that people are um challenged and inspired to dig deeper into what that looks like in their own lives um i really do want us to grow so people can get a taste of what that's like um and i think our tapestry kids ministry is key you know if if it's if manny coming into the church is any indication of what kind of what kids walking into the church can do I could see that being a huge um just a, a huge piece we, we also a big part of what we do the way that we do ministry is the, you know when you're merging different cultures together music and musical worship is a, is also really important because you know that's what creates space really for people to engage and encounter God and um I I um have a pretty key role in us uh, in in the worship team and so I would love to see us like writing our own music and creating space for um for like blended worship styles um to come about so that people you know people like me and people like my husband or people like we can find space to to encounter and worship God that um that we feel comfortable with I don't I have, a, I have a quick question. So, Pastor Catherine, you talked, um, you, you started mentioning this, so that's why I wanted to jump in. Um, so, we are a predominantly white church mm-hmm. in the most diverse zip code in the state of Oregon. Mm-hmm. So, what are some, from your experiences with tapestry, what are some things that, you know, some advice you'd give to us that we can be a more welcoming community and we can begin to do that work now? Hmm. Well... Um, I think from a leadership perspective, it's things, it can be, it can be basic but powerful things like what books are you reading? What theological books are you reading? What like podcasts are you listening to? Um, who are you allowing to teach you? Um, I mean, this goes for everyone. Like, if you dabble in theological reading, like, try not, like, try and find um, a a theological commentary or um, a a theological book that's not written by a white man. It can actually be kind of hard. Um, You know, so, so basic things like that, but... Um, I, I really think if you are if you're if you're serious about that, you have to be willing to let go of your way of doing things. Because often, um, when people talk about wanting to do multi-ethnic, multicultural ministry, what they mean is, I want more diverse bodies in the seats, but I really want those diverse bodies to just do just to learn to do it the way that we do it, which. 
I mean, there are churches like that, but it's not particularly honoring to the identity of the people that are not like the majority culture in the church. And so if you, if you really want to engage in that, I would say like at a thought level, at a, at a just a way you think about how you do ministry, you have to be willing to lay it all on the table and be like, what, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a self-sacrificing, uh, you know, ministry move. And it's certainly not easy and it's not comfortable. It's utterly worth it. But you have, those are the sorts of questions that you, that you have to ask yourself. And then, like, if you have a ministry opening, you know, and you, you like, leadership, putting, putting, like, who you have in leadership will have a strong influence over who you get into your, into your church. And so, I mean, I could talk more about that some other time, but. Uh, just a little follow-up on that. <clears throat> Were you a part of the CRC when it was still by itself? Mm-hmm. Okay. You were part of that church. Yes. So what you mentioned racial reconciliation. Mm-hmm. What um, nuts and boltsy things did you do to begin that process? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a big step to yeah. take to join the two churches. So what were some of the things that you guys did? Um so, so, yes, I was on staff at the CRC Church um, before it merged. And um, there was... Uh, so, the, the other two pastors at the church, uh, Pastor Bernard, who's the um, Baptist minister, and Pastor Kyle, who's part of the CRC, they had a, um, a longer-standing relationship um, than I did with, with Bernard, at least. Um, so they probably for two years had done... They did a lot of their own personal uh, relationship work. But in terms of the churches, um, there were, we did these monthly um, joint services... Um, where we switched off locations. So one month we met at the Way Church location, and we kind of did church the way that they do. They did it, and the next month we would meet. Uh, we would all meet at Oakland Communion and do church the way that we had done it. Um, uh, and then um, there was just a lot of like casual relationship building. So um, a lot of like, you know, shared barbecues or. Um, you know, like trips to water parks or, or just like thing, you know, things like that. So that, so that, that gets, yes, we, oh, we did go on a retreat together. I wasn't there. I was sick. Um, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, yes, it was, it was all relational really. It's because that's the thing that, that, that drives this is you have to be willing to get, you know, get to know people that maybe you wouldn't naturally be in the same spaces um, with, um, but really as a nuts, yeah, retreats, sharing service spaces. Um, we read this book called Multi-Ethnic Conversations together, which actually, if you're interested in engaging in this work, I'd be, I highly recommend doing it. Um, it's, a, it's a book where you can read, and then there's like journal space um, that gives you space to reflect on, on things. That was a good book to read. I think we have time for one more question. Uh, so yeah, on the topic of like diversity and everything, mm-hmm. um, kind of, you know, me coming into Park Lane and my experience here, where how would you how would you recommend us engaging in a community? Because obviously, like the black community has differences between 
though I can be like there's just differences so like mm-hmm. would you say like how did you guys go and get your hands messy in those differences like going out actively in the community were you targeting like certain neighborhoods where there was more you know black people in it or more prevalent um different neighborhoods just where the diversity shifted right mm-hmm. so how, how how did that look for you guys to get to kind of get your numbers up in the sense of we want more people of color to get in here mm-hmm. so did you guys target communities to specifically go out there is kind of my question uh-huh um I actually think the key to the diversity that we have is that we have diverse leadership. So the lead pastor at Tapestry is not white. Bernard, we deliberately, the, the Bernard Emerson is the lead pastor. Um, Kyle is the past, like, he doesn't have a thing before his name. He's, the, and I'm the, you know. And so that, like, having that displayed, um, is is an indication i think when people look at the church um that that in itself is a is a is a thing that um kind of piques people's interests and then it was um we we weirdly got a bunch of uh press when we started um and so even just the the kind of the story that was told there so that that's unique to us i mean we um Pastor Bernard in particular is very, very strong on community engagement. And so, um, this, the books and breakfast idea was, uh, came from that. The, um, we had before Easter, we had this thing called the Easter extravaganza, um, which was, was, was community engagement. Um, but then, but then the, um, the, the work that we do in the prison, um, is also, uh, like a pipeline to, to people coming to the church. I don't know, Jeremy, can you think of any other things we do? Uh, yeah.
Okay. Well, thank you guys so much. Um, one of the, so seven of us went up to Seattle this week and heard from an African-American leader who's actually from our neighborhood, uh, Leroy Barber, who preached at the Rockwood United Worship, and Pastor Vance, we had a Q&A with him in front of everyone, and Pastor Vance said, you know, how can I form a relationship with a leader of color in my neighborhood? And he said the exact same things that Catherine said. <laughs> so, you know, Chad was kind of pointing that out, and I think, I think that's the Holy Spirit talking to us because it's kind of like, Nudge, nudge, nudge. Um, so that's powerful, and let's 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 listen to it. Let's walk with the Spirit, and yeah. Um, do you want to close us in prayer? Sure. Yeah, let's do that, and then we'll um, then we'll sing together. Um, Jesus, we thank you that you uh, are the one that has gathered us here this evening. Uh, we are called here by your spirit um, to be shaped and formed um, into your likeness. Uh, God, we thank you that we are made in your image. And that means that um, we are made um, not all the same uh, with beautiful um, diversity and difference um, and giftings and things to offer um, for service uh, to your glory. And God, I ask uh, that you would um, move mightily in, at Park Lane CRC, that you would um, continue to do the work that you are doing here um, to, um, to bring um, glory to your name, but also hope to this community. Uh, we thank you for the 60 years of ministry that has been uh, done here over the years for the faithfulness of the members of this church as they've served you and the neighbors um, around them. And Lord, we ask that you would bless this ministry. Um, we ask, I ask, Lord, that you would plant in the hearts of people here um, an intrigue and an excitement about um, church planting and domestic mission, and that you would, uh, you would give people um, a reason. Would you work in people's lives, Lord, to give them a reason to feel compelled to go out um, into the ministry fields of their, of their lives, um, to bring um, the love and the liberation and the hope that we find in you to um, those people that they interact with on a daily basis. Um, we know, Lord, that you are always working, um, and so we, we ask that you would continue to do so in the lives uh, of these people here, the lives of people at Tapestry in Oakland, um, and, and all over, for, for your namesake. Amen. Thank you. Mm-hmm.